0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code super24. Chris Stapleton here on KRMG. This was a, uh, he was a big winner last night at the Grammys. I don't know if you caught the show, but uh, people are really into Chris Stapleton these days. And after watching him perform, I'm like, you know what, maybe I should come around on this guy. He's pretty entertaining. I just not I'm not familiar enough. It is 5.08, the KRMG evening news. On a rainy Monday in Tulsa, joined live by
1: Oklahoma Senator James
0: Langford. Langford, are you a uh, are you a Chris Stapleton fan?
1: Uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm a Chris Stapleton fan. I am a Rain fan, uh, so I'll I'll take that. So I'll be half and half.
0: All right, Senator. Thank you so much for being here this evening. When you and I you spoke brought- uh, last week here on KRMG, you were just hours away from meeting with Supreme Court nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. You've made it clear that you will not support her in her nomination. Um, first, how did that meeting go, and what led to your decision?
1: Well, I would tell you, the meeting was very good. We had about 45 minutes to be able to sit down and talk through a lot of different issues. Uh, and what I tried to zero in on the issues that were not addressed in the hearing itself, some of those things that were addressed in the hearing were publicly Issues with sentencing, the child pornography things that we've already seen on it, uh, all the different issues there. But I really zeroed in on things like tribal law that wasn't discussed at all. Uh, religious liberty issues weren't discussed at all. Something called deference, uh, which is a legal term dealing with what, what what can the executive branch do? How far can they really go? And where's the boundary for that? I found some real areas of disagreements, especially in that area on the executive branch, whether. Uh, where we we had a great conversation, a cordial conversation. Quite frankly, she's someone you would love to be able to invite over for dinner, was so friendly and was so outgoing. I'm sure it would be very pleasant for a long conversation there, uh, but was not someone that I would want as a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. And uh, so while it was a very cordial, very professional conversation, uh, we, we have some real disagreements on how you handle things like executive power and what are there real checks on the executive power. And I, I think there are more than what uh, she sees.
0: Senator, you had uh, cited disagreements on the role of the executive branch, like you just mentioned, the deference um, uh, example. What would be an example? I know you also referenced um, disagreements on the role of the judicial branch. Can you give me a specific example there?
1: I did. She's actually very, uh, she has a very limited role in the judicial branch, which is a good thing, but you can actually be too limited in your role on the judicial branch. Uh, The judicial branch does have a responsibility. We have a balance of power between the three branches. And if the judicial branch sees themselves as so minor in in the equal powers between three that they don't actually engage the areas they need to engage in, then Congress and the White House are then stuck. Uh, And what has happened over the years is that White House has taken on more power. And until the court actually checks that power and says we're also an equal power on it, that's a problem. We also talked a lot about these nationwide injunctions and uh, where they take the Administrative Procedure Act and to be able to do a, a sweep across the entire country from one district court. Uh, we have some difference of, uh, differences of opinion on that as well. And so there's a, there's a balance in this that's uh, got to be struck to be able to keep all three powers in check.
0: I know the uh, Judiciary Committee was uh, deadlocked on this today. And it, it still, with that, it looks like she's on her way to being confirmed, um, especially with the vote of Susan Collins being committed. Uh, do you agree that the, with the notion that this process is just broken? I mean, it seems highly partisan. <laughs>
1: So it has shifted significantly in the last 20 years. Uh, So if you go back to 20 years ago, it was the opinion of the Senate uh, to be able to look at judges and and Supreme Court justices and to say, are they qualified? Basically, do they have a law degree? Do they practice law? Uh, Then it's the preference of the president for everything else from there. So it's just a basic qualification. That has shifted in the last 20 years, uh, and it's not been just in the last couple of years. This has been a while. Uh, where the the Senate is moving more and more towards, wait a minute, we, we want to make sure that they have a consistent perspective in the areas that we also believe is strong about the law as well. And uh, so it, there's I'm not sure it's broken, but it's definitely philosophically changed over the last two decades.
0: All right. Let's talk about Ukraine for a minute. Pretty interesting to see President Volodymyr Zelensky with a uh, special message to the Grammys last night. <laughs> I wanted to get your reaction to the, uh, the latest out of the war over there. Number one, the horrific scenes of bodies left in the streets. Some appear to have been shot while they were bound. And number two, following that, President Biden being quite forward and calling for a war crimes investigation into President Putin.
1: Yeah, uh, President Biden has called multiple times for a war crimes investigation. This has been something he's kind of beaten that drum for the last two weeks. Uh, I think it's it's right in that. But the bigger issue is the entire world has got to stay on focus of what Putin is really doing in Ukraine. I thought it was a, a pretty powerful statement. I, I did not see the Grammys, I would, other work that I was actually doing. Uh, I didn't see the, the Grammys. But to be able to see that clip later on of Zelensky saying – our musicians are wearing body armor and singing in hospitals, while you, as musicians, are sitting there in tuxedos. Uh, I thought was a, a pretty sharp statement to say, "Come get it! Come get engaged!" Those in the creative community need to be able to be engaged to continue to be able to promote human rights and justice around the world. Uh, where you see a lot of musicians and actors, they've got involved in a lot of other things. He's basically calling them to say, "Come get involved in actually protecting the lives of individuals here in Ukraine." Uh, we continue to see uh, Russia engaged. There's all these comments that are out there in the public media saying Russia is pulling back. They're not pulling back. They've gotten beaten in multiple areas. And so they're regrouping their forces in the Far East and digging in there. That's an area where there's been a hot shooting war since 2014 in the Far East. So while a lot of people think this war with Ukraine and Russia just started in the last couple of months, uh, it started in 2014 in the east, and the Russians have reinforced their forces and digging in even more there. And uh, so now it's going it's to be a long, drawn-out battle at this point, and the Ukrainians are going to work to be able to actually push the Russians entirely out of their country.
0: As you and I discussed on Thursday, the U.S. has committed more money to send uh, you know, weapons and, and aid, but you are still pushing pretty hard for uh, more defense in terms of uh, aircraft and air systems.
1: Yeah. It, the, one of the key things is we can't just say that things are coming. It's, this can't be checks in the mail. They need that equipment right now. And where there's been a lot of complaint, and I would say it's been bipartisan, I've been in plenty of classified briefings where both Republicans and Democrats are saying to the White House team, when are the things going to be delivered and they'll tell us about their in transit in transit doesn't help them defend their nation they need to know when they're actually going to be delivered and that's something Zelensky's complained about we've complained about for whatever reason the biden team has been very slow to deliver some of these other supplies and i would tell you other nations have also stepped up we're not the only ones sending lethal supplies to the ukrainians other nations have done this as well that's very helpful to the ukrainians to be able to get that our nation needs to not just promise they're coming, we need to actually deliver it and so they can continue to defend their country. But I, I don't oppose uh, having aircraft uh, that's also going to the Ukrainians so they can continue to be able to defend their own country. Uh, this is This is giving them the bullets and the weapons that they need to be able to have their own fight. We're not there, but clearly Putin needs to be stopped or he's going to continue to be able to roll.
0: Senator James Lankford live with us on the KRMG Evening News. I want to ask you one final question here. We're running short on time, but we'll make it quick. The southern border, obviously a big focus of yours. You are against lifting Title 42, which has kept migrants out of the country because of COVID. Now, let's call it like it is. You don't want to see a COVID policy in place because it's COVID policy. You just don't want to see a rush of people crossing the border, right?
1: That's correct. That's correct. What I've been on the Biden's case on for a full year is that title 42 was always going to be temporary. We will have an end to the pandemic rules, which we should. The issue is, what are you going to do to replace it? To my shock, this administration, their focus is not replacing title 42 with something else that keeps people out but they're replacing it with something that moves people across the border faster so they don't have chaos at the border. That is exactly the wrong thing to be able to do. They've had a year to be able to develop a strategy to be able to stop people at the border, not just release them faster. So that's been my push on them is to say – don't release Title 42 until you have some other policy in place to be able to secure a border. Their statements from their own numbers are saying they expect a million people in the first six weeks will cross when they lift Title 42. If they know that already, they should be putting things in place to prevent that from occurring.
0: Senator James Langford, thanks so much for joining us.